0: Welcome to another spectacular word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Tonight, are you ready for the word? Ready for the 2023 word, huh? You guys ready? Well, tonight we're going to be beginning a Church on the Rock, C-O-T-R, family Bible study series. We're going to begin to go through the Bible and do some Bible study. We're going to find out what we believe, why we believe. We're going to begin to to, to look back at the foundation of the Word of God. Do you know that whenever um, um, the apostles, uh, let's say Apostle Peter or John, you know, or... Um, or um, the apostle paul whenever uh, the apostle paul said to timothy for example that all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for knowledge and for doctrine and for instruction and correction instruction and in righteousness that we may be perfect we may be thoroughly furnished that we might know how to do what god wants us to do do you know when he talked about scripture being inspired he was talking about the old testament not the new testament Even though the New Testament is inspired, it was just not written at that time. And many people discount the stories of the Old Testament thinking that they're just old and they were for a different people at a different time. But nothing could be farther from the truth. You see, it's the Old Testament and the stories of all that God did to bring Messiah to a lost and a hurting world. It's all those things God did through those Old Testament stories and accounts and families and, 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 and those wonderful uh, uh, moments that God intervened in the lives of men and women uh, To bring Messiah to a lost and hurting world. It's through those stories that He laid a foundation for us. And the Bible encourages us. Jesus Himself said that if you build your house and you want it to stand the test of time, if you are building a house and you want it to stand against the storms of this life, which you will encounter, then you need to build it on a solid foundation. And so we're going to take uh, the next several weeks, as it were, and we're going to uh, um, enter into a family Bible study that's going to help lay a foundation for us of some of these Old Testament accounts and some of these Old Testament stories and see exactly how they fit into the foundation of our lives. And if you would like to follow along with some notes, then let me encourage you. You're uh, you can you know here on campus or uh, online. You can go to ezsermons. That's an e and a z, sermons plural. dot com and you can get the notes, even the notes for tonight. You can follow along because I'm going to share some things in each one of these Bible studies that you are not going to want to forget. I'm going to share things that you haven't heard before, most likely. You know, things that, that, uh, that are not obscure, necessarily. But in putting these things together, uh, you're going to hear some things that you're going to want to refresh yourself and make sure that you rehearse and make sure you don't forget. Why? Because they will have a life application for us. And I guarantee you, I promise you, uh, by, the, by, the, you know, by the knowledge and the word of God, that if you will apply what you learn tonight to your life, and each one of these Wednesday nights just apply one thing that you learn, that you will be a different person as time goes along, it will change you like God promised. Little by little, line upon line, you will be changed into the image of Christ. You will, your your life will be transformed as you put some simple practical applications of God's work, of God's word at, to work in your life. These things are designed to work. The Bible is not just a history book. The Bible is a, roadmap. It's a road map. It's an instruction manual for our life. It's an instruction manual for your marriage. It's an instruction manual for your finances. It's an instruction manual for your friendships. It's an instruction manual for how you should think and how you should feel. Now, God is going to love you whether you change or not. We're not trying to get good enough for God to love us and we're not trying to change without first changing our heart. We need to make sure that we first give Jesus Christ our heart and along with our heart comes our life and then as we begin to apply the Word of God in a practical way not everything that god wants you to do has 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 something to do with spiritual things but they have more to do with practical things loving your neighbor forgiving your enemies these kinds of things that we need to do and put into practice that make us more like christ and open up windows of heaven to pour more grace out upon us and more of the, of, of, of the passion and the purpose of God on our lives. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to encourage you, if you're a note taker, take some notes. If not, get my notes, okay? <laughs> EZSermons.com. Get my notes and rehearse these things because they will speak to you, you know, uh, fresh each time. All right, well, we're going to begin our Church on the Rock family Bible study series uh, by taking a look tonight at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In fact, tonight, I think we will only get to Abraham tonight, but uh, we will get to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because who in the world were these people? Who, I mean, who are they to you? Who are they to us? You know, we are not Jews so Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob often are relegated to a Jewish experience. And since we are Gentiles and since we are Christians and since we are in you know, Americans, what in the world does Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob have to do with our salvation or our Christian or our American Christian experience? Well, these are things we need to not be robbed of. Because one of the things the devil would love to do is to keep us ignorant of all that God has done to provide all he has provided for us. God has provided enough for you to have a good marriage. God has provided enough for you to have a good experience in your workplace. God has provided enough for you to have good family experiences. God has provided enough for you to manage financially. God has provided enough for you to have joy in this life. God has provided enough for you to have peace in your home. God has provided enough for you to have patience with with other people. God has provided enough for you to forgive with a smile on your face and with hope in your heart. There has been enough provision. What we need to do is to embrace that and bring it into our life and make practical application of the provision of God to become more like Jesus in our hearts, in our minds, in our actions, And watch the abundance of grace to be poured out upon us. You know, when people get around you, when people hang around you, your friends, your family, they should be getting better because you're around. When you go to work, your workplace should be getting better. In fact, don't be surprised... If God changes your job and sends you to a place where it's really bad. Why? Because they need help. And you're supposed to make it better. Don't be surprised when you find yourself you know, uh, in, in a relationship with, with somebody that has trouble. Why? Because you are the answer. In you is a living God. Don't be surprised whenever you walk up on something that is not the way you want it to be or need it to be. Don't be surprised whenever you 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 get into a situation that's difficult. You see, because you are the hope of God. The hope of God's glory is Christ in you. So we have no right to complain. We have no reason to complain about being in a difficult situation. We are supposed to count it all joy when we find ourselves in difficult surroundings, knowing that God has us there for a reason, and He can work through us, not just to bring us through, but to help those around. You know, your family, your friends, your job should be a better place because you are there and watching God. You know, if, if God ever gets finished with those people, He'll move you. Okay, But most likely, he's going to work through you if you'll let him to bring light and joy and peace and hope and goodness to a place that needed him. So count it all joy when you take your next step and you step into something that is not all it should be. Count it all joy. Back up and just get a little bit tickled that God chose you. To use you. Okay. Well, there's a prophetic word for some of you. Okay? Don't get depressed. (laughs) You know, if anything, get impressed that God would use you, choose you to use you. And then you just apply the principles of God's word to your life in that situation. There's always something you can do to please God apply the principles of god's word to your life in that difficult situation in that moment that stretches you in that moment that that presses against you apply the principles of god's word in that situation in fact there may be someone here that that there is someone who's 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 going to experience somebody else being hired into your world and you're gonna go, oh my goodness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're coming because God wants to use you in their life. Wants to show them Christ. Yeah, just 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 come on. Get get with the program. Okay? You're the best God has. You're you can do this. Okay? You can do this. All right. Well, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let's begin. Okay? Here in, in Deuteronomy chapter one, in uh, and, and, and verse 8, uh, the Word of God says, See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them and their descendants after them. <laughs> you know, uh, the covenant of salvation, the covenant uh, that God is going to give us, um, a land that's filled with milk and honey, that, that, that proverbial heaven that we are waiting for. But also, here are the children of Israel. This covenant of salvation that we enjoy today through Jesus Christ is directly connected to the covenant that God made with Abraham and his descendants. Both Jews and Gentiles receive the covenant blessings of Abraham by faith. By faith in Jesus, by faith in the Messiah. Both Jews and Gentiles are the recipients of the covenant and the blessing and the salvation that God gave through Abraham. Many times we imagine that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are Old Testament characters and, and an Old Testament covenant. And somehow they don't apply to especially an American Christian experience. But they do. Our salvation is dependent. It is It is. It is directly connected to the covenant that God made with Abraham. In fact, in Galatians chapter 3, the apostle Paul wrote in verse 14, Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. You see, we who are Gentiles have received that same promise that God made to Abraham. We're Gentiles. But it's through Christ Jesus that us Gentiles receive those same promises of God going to bless us and bless our descendants. Because of the covenant he made with Abraham. In Galatians, the third chapter, in verse 29, the Bible says, And if you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, if you are born again, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are a Christian, a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. You are his descendants. You are the people that God was talking about, and you are heirs according to the promise that God made to Abraham you see God made a promise to Abraham that he would inherit the covenant and all of the promises of heaven and since we have become heirs according to the promise of God that God made to Abraham perhaps it would do us well to understand who in the world is this guy Abraham? If what we are doing, when we get saved, if what we do is we step into the blessings of Abraham, if we are stepping into the promises of Abraham, maybe it would do us good to look back and try to see how we can better understand this man named Abraham. Who was he? Where did he come from? What was going on in his world? Who is he really? You know, According to a simple chronology of the Bible, if we were just to read the Bible in its most simple form we would see that Abraham was chosen by God when Abraham was about 50 years old and living in a place called Ur of the Chaldees God called Abraham God chose Abraham he said I want that man I want that man, and I want to be in covenant with that man. Isn't that amazing that God would choose a man? All of a sudden you would imagine that man must be perfect. Well, he was not perfect. He was just a man. But God chose Abraham. He looked down upon the earth, and he saw Abraham. And Abraham was not the only man that God chose, but we have this account of God choosing Abraham and saying, I want to be in covenant with that man. Abraham was about fifty years old at that time. Abraham was a tenth descendant from Noah, okay, and uh, he was uh, he he came through Noah's middle son, whose Noah's son was named Shem. Noah had three sons: Ham, Shem and Japheth. The middle son, Shem, was was uh, Abraham's great 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 grandfather, and Shem, you know, uh, um, ten generations look 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 at this now um, Noah begat Shem Shem was born 1558 years after the flood excuse me after creation of Adam not after the flood after the creation of Adam 1558 years after the creation of Adam this is all in the Bible by the way okay and he lived 600 years, and he died in 2158. Now, this dating is from the creation of Adam. Okay, Shem begat Arfaxed said in 1658. He lived 438 years, and he died in 2096. Arfax said beget Selah. Selah beget Eber. Eber beget Peleg. Peleg beget Ru, Ru beget Surug. Surug beget Nahor. Nahor beget Terah who was the father of Abram or Abraham. You can read about this in Genesis chapter 11, verses 10 and following, and it gives you these numbers. It doesn't doesn't delineate them from from the time of Adam. You actually have to go back further and figure all them up from Adam, how old this one was, this one was, this one was, when they had. And so we see that Abraham was the 10th descendant. He was the tenth generation descendant from Noah. And Abraham was born 1,948 years after the creation of Adam. Okay? And Abram died, he lived 175 years, and he died uh, in 2123. Now note with me, while we're looking at that particular chart, note with me that, that Shem, the son of Noah, lived another 35 years after Abraham had already died. After 10 generations had passed, Shem was still alive. Interesting, huh? Does that interest you at all? That interests me. How does it interest me? Why would it interest me? Well, you know, Shem, the son of Noah, outlived Abraham by 35 years. Um, The descendants of Shem lived, as we understand, in Ur of the Chaldees, which is basically, if you went to Iraq and went down uh, the, the, the Euphrates River and all the way down south, Ur of the Chaldees would be down about, like, Uh, well, let me do it facing you, down about right here, okay? And Ur of the Chaldees is where they lived. When Abraham was about 50 years old, God appeared to Abraham, and he said, I want you to get away from your family and go to a place through Iraq, up through the edge of Syria, and down, boom, to Israel, the land of Canaan. That's about a thousand-mile walk. Okay? That's a long walk, right? Yeah. So Shem and his descendants were living in this area. And can you imagine this? That, that Abraham, because of the age of Shem... Abraham being raised with the man who could tell him firsthand stories of what it was like before the flood. You see, because Shem was 98 years old when the flood began. And he could tell him what happened before the flood, what happened on the boat, and what happened after the flood. Abraham has a pretty good history because he got to sit on the knee and learn from the guy and hang around the guy. He hung around this guy for 50 years. Does that impress anybody? That impresses me. Because if we go back further with Shem, Shem got to spend 98 years before the flood with a man named Methuselah. Methuselah got to spend 250 years with Adam. So you only have two intermediaries Between the man with no belly button and Abraham. It's not like this had to be passed on from person to person to person to person. We're talking about Shem sitting on the knee of of the of Methuselah for 98 years, who walked with Adam for 250 years, and Shem spending 50 years with Abraham, telling him of what it was like. And, you know, I heard, I heard my grandfather Methuselah tell me about this, you know, Adam and the creation and, 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 and you know, the animals and the fall in the garden and the sin and the serpent and, and, and all that God did in making skins and forgiving and, 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 and uh, you know, on and on. And, and now Shem is, Shem is telling Abraham's got this down pretty good. No wonder he believes God. No wonder God calls him. God looks down and says, I want that man. Why? Why did God choose Abraham? He said, because Abraham believed him. Abraham believed that Adam was created by the hand of God. Abraham believed that God took a rib from Adam and he made woman and Eve and and they became the mother and father of all living and the serpent in the garden came and, and, and beguiled the woman and tricked her and Abraham believed God. He believed the story of God. He believed what his grandfather Shem had told him. What 50-year-old you know, Shem told him. <laughs> wow. Does that excite anybody? It, it kind of excites me. And that's just right there in the Bible. You know? It was an integral part of Abraham's Abraham's family history. I mean, if your grandfather, if you spent 50 years with your grandfather and he told you that his father had married a woman named Eve, would you believe him? Sure you would. You'd be telling that same story. Abraham believed. And God said, I want a covenant with that man. And because Abraham believed God, it was counted unto Abraham for righteousness. And Abraham believed if God can do that, if God can create the heavens and the earth, and if God in six days uh, creates all of the creation and 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 uh, you know and and cattle and and if God can can put put my grandfather to sleep and take a rib and 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 close up the flesh thereof and create a woman and bring it, if God can do that, God can do anything. Wow. I want a covenant with that man who believes me. As I said, God chose and called Abram to leave his native land and to leave his relatives when Abram was about 50 years old. We find that in Acts chapter 7, verse 2. And he said, this is Stephen, just before he stoned, giving a history lesson to the high priest. And and, and Stephen said, Stephen told the high priest in answer to his question, Brethren and fathers, listen, the glory of God appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. And he said to him, Get out of your country and from your relatives and come to a land that I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. Now, now pretty much God told him, I want you to go to the land of Canaan. But, you know, think about this now. Because Abraham heard God, Abraham believed God, but Abraham didn't obey God. How is it that you can hear God, believe God, and not obey God? How many of you believe in God? How many of you know what God's Word said and you don't do it? Don't raise any hands. But how many of you need a little help in the doing department? Okay? Abraham did too. He was just a man. You see, God said, get get out of your country, get away from your relatives, and go to the land that I'm going to show you. Okay? From here, you know, go here. Instead... Abraham married his half-sister, adopted his nephew, and went on a trip with his daddy. Halfway. Stopped in Haran. Hello? Get away from your relatives, leave your land, and go to a place I show you. Okay, I'll marry my half-sister, I'll adopt my nephew, I'll go with my daddy, and we'll go halfway. And he stopped in Haran. And stayed there 25 years. 25 years <laughs> he stayed there uh, well genesis eleven thirty-two 32 says so the days of terah that was abraham's father that he went with by the way the word terah means delay okay so the days of delay were 205 years and terah died in haran Verse 1 of chapter 12, next verse. Now the Lord said to Abraham, same thing, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Now this is 25 years later, after he spoke to him here, he goes halfway, (laughs) you know what? He believes God. I want a covenant with that man. He believes me. Yes, he believes you, and he hears you, but he didn't fully follow you. He halfway did, though, kind of, sort of. Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. See, God's saying the same thing to us today. You know, you will be a blessing, I'll bless you, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. <laughs> And he took his nephew with him. Hello. <laughs> well, I know God, I mean, I, I didn't take the whole crowd this time. I just took, you know, one. You know, just took my nephew. Just, I mean, yeah, I to get away from my father's house and get away from my relatives. And But, hey, come on, you know. I mean, uh, you know, it could be a lot of things. It just happened to be Lot that God is painting a picture here because here he decides, you know, uh, 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 so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him and Abraham was 75. Remember he was 50 here. He's 75 when the Lord speaks to him again. 75 years old when he departed from Haran and he goes over to the land of Canaan. He goes over to Shechem. He builds an altar and he spends 25 more years living with his family and without having received the promise that God said to him why you know now he was blessed he was blessed but it ends up that it's not until 25 years more it's not until Abraham is a hundred years old that lot and him separate And he finally finds himself in the place where God wants him. In the shape God wants him. In a moment that God wants him. He's circumcised at that time when he's 99 years old. And when he's 100 years old, he has the promised son named Isaac. (laughs) A 50-year delay. Wow. And it's through Isaac that the covenant will pass abraham had a lot of sons and uh, my hope tonight one of my hopes is that with this little bit of history that we're just reading together is that you might catch a little spark and say my goodness i need to go back and read that i need to look and see some of that because i'm not you know i mean i you can read that for yourself and i'm hoping that you if you do not have another bible study that you are doing i'm hoping that you would take time right now in the very beginning of 2023 and begin reading the Bible with me we're going to begin in the book of Genesis okay just begin some pleasure reading okay you may have to go back and read it a few times get a a translation that reads good and let's read through the book of Genesis during these next few weeks so that we can can follow along together with this uh, and and uh, you know you'll you'll discover other facts and other facets of these uh, accounts and the great connection that we have with this covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, uh, I just mentioned that Abraham had a lot of sons. Many people don't know. It's just right there in the Word of God. But many people don't realize how many sons Abraham had. In fact, uh, the sons of Abraham are Ishmael, who was his first son, Isaac, his second son, his third son was Zimram, then Jokshan, then Medan, then Midian, then Ishbak, then number eight was Shua. And then uh, there's an indication from Genesis uh, chapter 25 and verse 6 that Noah also had perhaps several other sons by concubines. That's what Genesis 25, 6 says. Uh, but... Uh, You know, that just goes to prove that even though Abraham did not have his first son until he was 87, and he didn't have Isaac until he was 100, yet God still fulfilled his will through Abraham in making Abraham the father of many, 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 many nations. That's what God told him he would do. And, and, And he did. You see, God's promise will not fail. God's going to continue to work with us encouraging us to fully follow him. God chose Abraham when Abraham was about 50. How old were you when God chose you? And God chose you, you are just as chosen as Abraham. Just as chosen as Abraham. I want a covenant with that person. If they'll just believe me, if they'll hear my word... I'm going to do everything I can to get them to follow me, to put my word and my will in practice in their life. I'm going to keep working with them. I don't care if it takes 50 years. I don't care if it takes 100 years. God says, I'm going to keep working with them until they will just, just you know, become what I need them to become so that they can be a blessing to others. They can be a blessing to their family. They can be a blessing to their community. You know, God chose you. How old were you when God chose you? Uh, you know, that, that's what jesus said john 15 verse 16 you did not choose me but i chose you, you know, god chose abraham god chose you jesus said i chose you and i appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the father in my name he may give it to you that's just a pretty good deal he chose you so that you could get what you want from god isn't that a pretty good deal that's a real good deal uh, My question tonight that I'll leave you with as we go into this week is that um, Abraham was blessed, but Abraham did not experience the promises of God until he fully followed God. Is there something in your life that you've been holding out on? Are you fully following the Lord? You see, you hear Him You got his word, you hear him, you believe him, but are you doing what he said? Are you doing what he asked? Are you living the way he wants you to live? Hey, thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hemmons. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date.